All right, welcome back to the Growth Over Comfort podcast, where we have those uncomfortable conversations necessary for growth. This is your host, Simone. Hi, it's Dawit. Glad to be here. Uh, very blessed to be here. All right, so <laughs> it's taken us a long time, I know, I know, to get this podcast out, but um, you guys will be very pleased. It took us about a year to get these two very special guests. I got my brothers here with me. Introduce yourselves. What up, what up? It's your boy Aaron. I'm here to change some lives. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm on uh, manual and I'm ready to get real uncomfortable today. Thank you, Simone, for having us. And Dawit, uh, we are ready to unpeel. Let's unpeel. So, first of all, we're in the quarantine season, lockdown, social distancing. Yes, sir. Uh, how y'all feeling? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good, man. I mean, uh, you know, I'm just taking this whole thing in a positive perspective, you know? Hey, man, you're only feeling good because you got that check, man. Yeah. You know what? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to front, man. That stimulus, the stimulus check, man, it came through, man. It changed my whole life, man. It, 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 it's literally the whole... It, it just, it's just capped. It's, it's pretty much a recap of my quarantine with the stimulus check, man. Oh, damn, 12, I, ain't gonna lie. I didn't know twelve fifty can change lives. Right? Yeah, right. in oh. one month, that's four hundred. Oh man. Wow. Hey man. Hey man, I like it. Though, money man. is money, bro. I like it. <laughs> I like the perspective, bro. What's yeah. The that. What's the first thing you guys gonna do with your quarantine? Uh, with your quarantine, quarantine stimulus checks? Oh, a uh, tide. So ten percent. Second multiply. Um, what's the first thing I spent? Yeah, what's the first thing you guys did or spent? Or, yeah. Uh, you know, just a shirt, you know, I'm just, you know, on a little splurge, you know. Where'd you buy that shirt at? Well, Target or Walmart? Uh, you know, I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's undisclosed information. I can't tell that's the people right now, that's so, yeah. Person. It might jeopardize the reputation. It definitely will. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, what is today? Today is the 20th and I haven't received mine yet, so, uh, <laughs> if you guys, uh, have any Wait. letters or emails or DMs that you want to send to Trump, let him know. I think he's been reading my, uh. <laughs> but looking at my social media. Y'all, if, y'all, if, if y'all can help the brother out and just at least email, watch the, the Pentagon, DC, whatever y'all call, you know, help the brother out, get his money back, man. The Trump is definitely put a stamp on the, on the stimulus checks, literally. Yeah. Figured, uh, hey, it's my money and I need it now. You guys know how crazy deals are going to be after this quarantine is over, guys? With shopping, with all these things, mm-hmm. with not, so many deals are going to happen. I can't wait, guys. Can I ask a question for, for all you guys? Yeah, yeah, I have an answer. Uh, how do you guys feel people are going to be like after this quarantine? You think it's going to bring more positivity out of people once this quarantine's over? What, what's your guys' perspective? How you think, How do you think everything's going to go gonna yes. yeah, after so, quarantine? So for me, like just seeing the vibe, because I do work consistently. I still work like 40 hours a week. And just seeing the vibe of people, I feel like the mental momentum is really low right now. People are just hammering their mind with negative information, in my opinion. Of course, that's like that's always sad, but that's is not this is not the first year we're witnessing deaths, you know? Deaths has always happened. But I feel like the way the news, the media is like channeling the information, I feel like it's hurting people's subconscious and their self-image is low. Cause if you add more negative information to yourself, your self-image is low. So I think the first couple months it might take a while to get out of this funk. And it might take probably a year or two to get back to where we were. Yeah. And maybe another two to three years uh, to get to where we're supposed to be. Yeah, man. People just want to be outside, man. I've talked to a lot of people uh, through uh, FaceTime and, you know, Zoom. Not, not, I'm definitely practicing social, social distancing in uh, a way. <laughs> uh, but yes, they have just want to get outside. They want to go back to normal stuff. You want to hit the gym. Yes. You want to go, yes. uh, you know, uh, get some food, some friends. You want to do activities. You want to travel. I know people <gasps> travel heads oh, are yes. itching to get out the house. You, you want to do things that you used to do on a normal basis. Um, so uh, I, I have actually that. a question after that. What are you guys are going to miss? What are you guys going to do? Now this quarantine is over. What is one thing that you can't do anymore that you miss that you miss from quarantine times? Um, me talking about quarantine, ugh. like talking about. Wait, what you said? Wait, what you say? Like the question yeah. is like, yeah. uh, what's something that you used to do during quarantine uh, before quarantine that oh. you, can't, you can't do anymore that you're gonna miss? Yeah. Oh, the gym. Oh, gym. No, gym. you can't do anymore. Whether that be oh, oh the things that we're doing right now that we can't do later. Oh, yeah, yeah. talking about this, uh, like no, the things that you used to do during quarantine. Whether that be like handshaking, right? Uh-huh. That you can't do after quarantine is over, because oh. you know, like with you know with this flu epidemic and all that stuff. Like you, people say it's not going to be the same until twenty twenty one. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing that a lot. Oh, um, I, okay. I, I feel like 
I, I feel like it's, it's yeah I think there's gonna be a little uh, a little awkward phase you know kind of like your beard when you're growing your beard you know you got that little awkward the awkward phase yeah. you know those patches you know all that and, and I feel like that's kind of how it's gonna be like I feel like maybe the first month maybe three four weeks it's gonna be awkward stage where you know people are still kind of scared to give handshakes <laughs> yeah. but I feel like once they start once they like I, I think it's just because the news I think once the news kind of tells them hey you know the coronavirus decrease everybody's getting better i think whenever the news provides that type of information i think that's when i feel like when people are going to start to go back to normal per se mm. i don't know man people watching too much news man <laughs> too much cnn you feel me i don't know man i i, I kind of see a lot of people i mean it's very obvious that we see a lot of people that are scared and afraid and all this stuff because they're you know i'm listening to the news and i mean it is it is a pandemic. There is a virus going on, but at the same time, like we've talked about before, there are a lot of people that are waking up. You know, watching what they're eating, having a positive mindset, building the relationship with God. You know, you when you cut off those horizontal relationships, you you have nothing else but to look up. So you start establishing that vertical connection to God. So uh, yeah, man, it's forcing people to go in, and uh, it will take a while. It will take a while. There will be uh, patches when we get back out, but. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting time. To say the Definitely. least. What do you guys think about these like dating? You know, how do you think dating is gonna like is gonna be changed? Like with dating apps or just people talking. How do you think that's gonna like affect mm. that? People are lonely right now, man. Yeah. Lonely so, and horny, or just... <laughs> yeah, that too, man. But uh, yeah, too much. They have too way too much time on their hands to, to think. Those apps are eating right now. Well, they making money. It's popping, popping. No yeah. cap, bro. Tinder, you can go on uh, international countries, bro. <laughs> For real? Like, yesterday, bro, I was in France, Brazil, and Colombia. Like hey, Tinder was. Oh wow, you can choose. How's country. it? How's your travel been going, man? Well, I don't speak some. I don't speak Portuguese, but you know they've been emojis hey. thrown out and. Oh like, damn! Yeah. There's a vibe. And you won't even be late to miss your flight now, so that's good. That's pretty good, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. flight intended. No flight intended. Hey, speaking of those dating apps, mm. how do you guys think that has shifted the whole culture of relationships and dating and all that? And has it shifted in a good way, bad way? With the apps? Yeah, with the apps. The dating I, apps. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like they're kind of negatively kind of affecting that. I mean, I feel like even if you go with these apps, with Tinder, Bumble, whatever, you're kind of setting yourself up. you're setting yourself up you're putting yourself in a trap because it's i feel like people have their own motives when they're on that and other people that you know they probably have a genuine interest to have like genuine connections and i probably feel like that's probably like, the wrong platform to do that on because i'll be honest i feel like majority of people who are on that are looking to have sex mm. period point blank yeah and I feel like I've been guilty of that because I feel like the conceptual image of Tinder is just to get laid. Yeah. So and d- most dating apps, I feel like it's gonna create just uh, I don't know, just kind of like you have a, it's a memorized behavior of what you're into. You know, there's yeah. a certain body feature that you're into, and whoever has that, you're just gonna swipe, 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 and whatever matches, you're just gonna create. Uh, I don't know. So it's not genuine. I definitely agree with like how um, this thing has changed the dating world. Like Tinder, mm. Bumble. That's a good has point. Changed the dating world. So, get, do you have any personal experiences? I don't know. For me, like Tinder and Bumble, I've I've met like couples who got married, <clears throat> and to their to their defense, their thought process was like, "Hey, I get to go on Tinder and Bumble and see, hey, okay, same kind of career." Path. Yeah, so I feel like because there's like mutual interest, you can see someone who's into fitness or maybe someone into like psychology or travels or safer sexual. So whatever, as many mutuals you can find with that other person, you can find a match. But I feel like most people don't go by those um, criteria. Yeah, those, that's a good point because yeah. definitely you could see like others, you know, people could see their signs and how big that guy, that has gotten mm, huge, signs, you know, what Zodiac signs. You know, signs are, but beyond, who's going to read the whole paragraph of like, INFJ, uh, <laughs> IFJ. <laughs> not you even know, like signs, like, like, <clears throat> or like, like bio, Leo yeah. of like, or Libra, or like Zodiac signs, you know, people, Pisces moon. People yeah. won't talk to someone if you're a sign that doesn't connect to you. Or doesn't oh, have my anything. ex was a Virgo. Yeah, yeah I won't date, <laughs> I won't talk to you if you're this or that. <laughs> Come on, man. It's kind of it's kind of too much, man. Like there, I think some some of them are kind of way into way into it. Mm-hmm. Like like I have conversations, you know, 
with people, you know, I'm like, and that's sometimes one of the first questions that they'll ask when they see people like, wait, wait, what's your, what, are you a Virgo? Are you Sagittarius? Women, women specifically, right? Yeah. yeah I'm like, Ooh. like, it kind of throws me off. Like, like, so you're putting me into a hole, like. And they kind of classify you and categorize you at that point. Yeah, that's what they're doing. That's just one point. But with with going back to these dating apps, my boy, he's um he actually just got married recently um, from dating app, and he met her, and they're both like they're both believers, both Christians, and they had that kind of you know you connection. But it took more than a dating app to kind of get them. They actually had to get to know each other, talk to each other for a while. They dated for three, four years, then they got married, and Mm. they're uh, seniors in college. Uh, So like it took a while, but that that that. That itself can take a process, and these dating apps, I feel like, are not organic. They're mm. more, um, uh, they're more just they they look at you from a physical aspect and just the lustful aspect that exactly this, you are what you get, and it is feel like it's not organic. You want to meet someone from an outer perspective of meeting them at work, meeting them at school, meeting them even going out to get a drink or even going in other places. You know, you want to meet that organic level and. That's just really sexy to me, just uh, having mm. that kind of organic kind of thing. And I really – and I do not agree with what dating guys have. I know you can meet people. I know you can have that kind of broader spectrum. But uh, it's I feel like it's forced. And I feel like a lot of people going to those um, <clears throat> dating apps have already perverted mind. Yes. They're watching porn or they're wounded from past experiences and relationships. And they're just going there just to heal. Yes. So mm. the likelihood of someone – so I feel like people look at the body first, the outside, and then go into the inside. Instead of the outside. Instead exactly. Of the outside. Oh, wow. This person has this kind of body. But don't we do that in the I mean, yeah, I was about to say, we do that we natural. We do that in the real, natural, though. Natural, but we don't need uh, an app to enhance that. Yeah. Instead of, instead of like, I don't know, the whole, I think the whole dynamic of it turns into like uh, you portray, heavy You lust. portray what you want with that. Yeah. Like one apps, yeah. And then you have a memorized behavior of this is your type. Mm, that's so true. maybe your compatibility doesn't have the type that you like mm-hmm. but at the same time you can miss or luck out and it turns into like uh you become a, like a judge or something mm. you know you're just like swiping and they t- you, you kind of turn it into objects i feel like yeah you definitely make women uh in my you friends objectify, yeah you yeah. definitely objectify women it's, it's yeah. an enhanced version of uh, instagram as we say that's true <laughs> um this is just the point where okay this is this person <laughs> is in your city yeah. uh link up and get a taco no we link up and do something else that uh, <laughs> look up and have sex look up and, uh, and exactly. kick it, you know and um that's what you want to do that's that's you or but uh, i just believe that's not the organic way to be in a relationship or just having a kind of connection with someone you guys agree or disagree? yeah i mean uh i won't sit here and say that it doesn't work because it might there has to be people that it's worked for but mm-hmm. in my opinion i think it's removed um aman's Famous word, uh, dating foreplay. Yes, dating foreplay. Oh, yes. nice. I like that. Explain to yeah, that. so dating. Yeah, for, I talk about I like dating that. foreplay. Dating foreplay is so smooth and sexy, uh, unique man. to me and sexy Beautiful. because even before you meet someone, like as yeah. you, as you meet someone, you ask questions about getting to know them. Uh, who you know? What's your name? How I mean? Where are you from? What things you'd like to do? Just questions that you really get to know someone, and that's like in a way dating foreplay of getting that chance of an opportunity to maybe date them and having the option to date them is is can build up the narrative in your relationship that will uh, keep you strong in the future or just, you know, build that connection, which I think is so sexy. Yo, yo, I kind of want to go off on a tangent real quick. Yeah, sure. But what do you guys think about the talking stage? I just, I got to, I got to address this real quick. Oh, okay. I've gotten a lot of people that like ask me about the talking stage. So what do you guys, first, let's define the walking stage. I mean, the talking stage. And then after that, we'll decide like, do you guys think it's necessary or not? I think it's necessary for sure. Talking stage. I think it's mandatory. What is the talking stage to you guys? Let's define it. I have different definitions. Everyone has their own like version of it. My version is exclusive, exclusively paying attention to this person and getting I don't know, getting to know them a little bit more from more than like a casual conversation. I feel like so it's not dating. It's no, it's before. Yeah, it's before I, dating. I believe that <clears throat> nowadays. Like now, nowadays, from maybe my personal viewpoint, I'm in, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a university where people are just, everyone's talking to each other. Uh, the talking stage is just, in my estimation, just, you're maybe talking to that person more usual than another person and you're putting more exactly. effort, have more effort to that. Um, but you, you're, you're maybe on the cusp of dating and you have an, uh, you have an option of that person that he could, he or she could be a dating prospect. 
Mm. Uh, is what I think of the talking stage, but you're just kind of just getting to know someone. I really have a broad uh, definition of the talking stage. I don't really see it like that. What do you think? So do you kind of see like dating as 1A and then talking stage 1B? Like 1A, 1B? I believe talking stage before you even get to even the dating yeah. stage. There's one. I feel like there's one more step before the before the dating phase yeah. after the talking stage. There's a talking stage. Mm-hmm. There's the okay, I'm getting ready to date you stage. Mm, it's warming up, yeah. warming up to you because well, there, okay. there's like after everyone, you could talk to a lot of people, but then when you get to a point after you talk to them, you're like, okay, this person has the opportunity and potential to be dateable. Then you kind of warm up to that person, and then you can get to a dating stage. Okay, makes Ooh. sense. But, but but I feel like talking stage, you can talk to any other Everyone. person within the talking stage. Yeah. It's not only one person, because mm. it was one person be dating. I agree. I agree with everything you guys said. But I think the thing that gets lines blurred, mm-hmm. and girls and guys end up saying like, "No, nah, you got to twist it." What do you mean we were talking? It's and <laughs> people get hurt is when sex gets involved in the talking oh. stage. Number I think the talking stage should be all of the things that you guys said. And without sex. Platonic. As soon as you put sex... It, no, it doesn't have to be platonic. It, sh- it could be like a pursuit of a romantic relationship. Mm. But there shouldn't be sex involved because as soon as you involve sex, you're just playing yourself if you're saying you're talking to that person. And you destroy the purity of the talking stage. Exactly. You don't need a tongue stage to have sex. Exactly. Not exactly. in the 21st century. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And... Yeah, yes. that makes sense. I'm, I mean, we've all we've all been a part of that too. Like, you know, you get to you get to know a girl, you start to like her, whatever, whatever, and then sex comes into the picture, and it changes the whole dynamic of the relationship. So at that point, it then becomes like, okay, like the what are we questions start to come in, and rightfully so too, you know, because like if you're out here digging someone out and then just saying that you're talking, yeah, I don't know. That's and one will catch feelings and one will be hurt. Yeah, exactly. So I don't. That's just my perspective. I, I think talking stage should not include sex, yeah. but it also doesn't mean that I'm only talking to you too. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. It's talking stage. Yeah. You guys think that like that stuff should be talked about in the talking stage? Hundred like, percent. Of course. Yeah. That's okay. the intention of it. I think yeah. before be the talking stage, intention should be number one. Before about. the talking. Yeah. yeah. So okay. You want or like it? I mean, yeah. During the like the beginning stages of a talking like when you're talking to someone you should let them know like where your head is at exactly not not in terms of like how you feel about that person yeah but kind of like where you're at like in terms of what you're looking for in life and exactly and 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 what you expect from the relationship exactly not on the first day obviously but you know within that and how long is the talking stage can it go on for a year can it go on for a few weeks? Is there I wouldn't say years. That's year now like, you're pushing it. Now you're yeah. somebody's like, afraid of commitment. Something's going on. There's they, and, something's going. And on. think about it, if it took a year for talking stage, it would take nine years to. to marry, yeah. <laughs> you think you think it should take like weeks to months? Ooh. I mean, I don't want to put a number on it. It mm. just depends on everybody. Age, depends, uh, yeah. you know, distance from that person. That's and, true. And how far are you? How do you guys connect? You know, it, it's a few really months dependent. maybe, right? Can go on for a year. We, we, it, it really depends on the person, depends, you know. Yeah, some some people have a direct connection where they start talking in maybe two three weeks that they have an, an option of dating. You know, I've yeah. seen people date very very quick. I've seen people date very very uh, long, like a long time. It really depends on your age, you know. As you're young, you just talk quick and you just want to date quick. But as you get older, you want to take time to mm. make sure that person is uh, for you and has that. Uh, that mindset that matches you, and you just might take longer with a talking stage. And and that's the problem in, in our generation is zero to hundred. I feel like mm. I feel like it's either, you know, right away getting into the, you know, into the goodie bag, or you're looking for marriage. There's no like talking stage, and then the next stage of mm. there's no courting kind. Yeah, of Yeah, there's, there's no, no like. Div- it's like um, it's not an oven anymore. It's like a microwave mentality. Mm. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That has, that has really affected our generation, microwave mentality. Mm. Exactly. So, I don't know. I feel like yeah. we should talk about why, what's going on with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I mean, jumping on to that, I think, like, a lot of women have told me that men don't approach them that mm. much now, too. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it's all tied into, like, what we're talking about. Like, these dating apps kind of make it so it removes the whole like awkward stage of like approaching a girl and like yeah uh going through the rejection and asking her for a date and all that stuff so now it's just you're sitting at home you're on your bed you're swiping left and right you <laughs> see her bio and then if she says no then she says no you have millions of other girls that you're going to swipe through in that moment so i don't know i and think I, it's and i think 
there, why women are not even being approached that much is like the effects on pornography on some people. You know, the effects on pornography on uh, your mindset and the way you act and interact with people is really big. And uh, yeah, I like I like I like the way uh, you both said it. Um, kind of tying it back to what Simone said. It's so easy to use a dating app because you can just be on your phone at home and just swipe and kind of pick and choose who you want. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar to porn. You can kind of just pull up a video of any kind you want whenever at home by yourself mm. instead of, you know, going to the awkward stages of talking to women where you can just sit at home, pull up a video of any kind you want mm. and indulge in that type of mm-hmm. sexual pleasure. And it's so easy. You it's don't got to so get easy. your haircut. You don't got to change your clothes. You, it's, it's through your finger. It's, through, it's, it's just literally through your fingers. <laughs> you can just pull up the video and press play and it's there for you. Like a, yes. like a microwave, you know? Yeah, that's true. Exactly. My friend, I always uh, have a lot of friends who are in that um, scene of going out and friends who, you know, stay home and watch porn. And one of my friends, he always says, why would I go out and talk to these girls and try to take them out to get some drinks or try to go take them out to dinner and do all that when I have all this, you know, at the the tip of my fingertips and I have to use less energy at home to watch porn than to just talk with these women. I just feel like... It's a, it's a scapegoat for some guys uh, that we just want to just not put the energy out there, not put the, the time and effort with women. And we just want to get that dopamine effect and we want to get it over with. Mm-hmm. And boom, and it's over. And then we can just move on with our day. And and the dopamine effect is so dangerous because mm-hmm. our mind doesn't know what's real or fake. Mm-hmm. And just because we're creatures of habits, the more repetition you have of you know watching porn and all those kind of videos, it just builds up a narrative which is so off from reality mm-hmm. and even though the setting might be similar and it's the same kind of, you know same person it can turn into uh, over exaggeration of that situation mm. causing you to pervert the purity of it and taking out the innocence so initially we might come off you know nice and charming but then the intentions are different from it and Definitely. i think and that's what just and that's what creates like these yeah. transactional relationships I, I I, yeah i 100 percent agree yeah. with you man because i like i said like you kind of what you were saying, like when you're watching porn, you're building up a fantasy and you're building up a narrative and you're building a gap between what's real and fake through your brain. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like if we bridge that gap and minimize that gap, I feel like if we start actually talking to women and having more meaningful connections with them, I feel like we'll kind of minimize that gap first between what's real and fake and you know the fantasies we have with women we can be able to fill in that gap and have a meaningful connection with a woman a platonic connection with them and be able to you know get our mind flowing instead of just building on fantasies and narratives through porn which are all fictional mm-hmm. i mean i agree with that but uh, when we keep talking i've noticed that we keep saying men talking to women so that <laughs> they can avoid porn but um Pornhub has actually been releasing statistics, mm-hmm. and for 2019, Uh-oh. surprisingly, at least surprising to me, women watched more porn than men. Huh. Wow, that's crazy! And the crazy. number one searched category amongst women was lesbian porn. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, why do you guys think there's been this like shift? Because I mean, we've always known that women uh, enjoy sex just as much as men, mm-hmm. if it's, not more. If not more, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, more, it's, yeah. it's so that's like a myth that men are just these horn dogs that just want to have sex, but. Why do you guys think that women are kind of shifting to a virtual? You know, I kind of feel like kind of tying it back to what we were saying before. I feel like I could be wrong, but I kind of how I'm trying to understand it is I feel like with lesser men talking to women because of them watching porn, mm. I think women are starting to catch mm. that since there's lesser men approaching them. So it kind of gives them a reason. It's nobody's, yeah, it's kind of setting like a, huh. a trend. Yeah. Like a trend. Like if there's no men coming after me, if there's nobody providing me attention, mm. then I'm going to do what I can to provide myself attention and pleasure. Mm. And that could be porn. Yes. Mm. Women know their body the most. Uh, exactly. And I've had a, uh, a friend who uh, uses sexual toys, um, Vibrator. <laughs> vibrators to uh, kind of stimulate her mind because. Um, you know, she's very open with it and she's talked about how, it, you know, if men aren't satisfying her and she's going to satisfy herself because women mm-hmm. know their body more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And exactly. they're going to do what they got to do to get, you know, relieved in whatever their way is right. And um, that's I feel like that's why it's men are not approaching women. And this is why women are just going to porn, too. 
Yeah, that's a big complaint that I hear from a lot of girls. They they tell me that <laughs> they don't they don't get pleased as much as we think we're pleasing the men. Like um, I've had a lot of girls like my age, 26, 27, tell me that they've never had an orgasm before and like these these kind of things. And I think it's come to that microwave mentality. Go back, going back to that, it's like going into the sex, we're just thinking like, how am I going to just get this nut? You know, like how am I going to please myself exactly. in this moment? It's never like, oh, how am I going to make this? And that only that comes from having sexual um, interaction with somebody you don't really care about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. If you have feelings, like it's when you have like when feelings are not necessarily feelings, but when yeah. it's somebody that you're like actually trying to get to know. Yeah. There's more of a focus on them as well too. Like I want this person to be pleased as well too. Yeah. Instead of just like uh, instead of just pleasing yourself and just exactly. fleeing the scene kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I have a quick, I have a quick question, kind of tying into that kind of quick you, answer. Yeah, yeah, quick answer. Okay. Do you, I, do you feel like? women having higher more higher standards of men do you feel like since they are having more higher standards of men is causing men not like kind of not to approach them and, and kind of indulge in porn since women are kind of having higher standards of men since they're evolving and they're becoming you know more independent and they're kind of you know I think it's I think it's the culture and society. It's emasculating men. That's what's going on. Right. I think like with the music that's going on when he's like yeah. music videos. Yeah, like, it's always. Yeah. Sorry for all the little Yachty fans out there, but his like Oprah music video or whatever. Yeah. You oh, see yeah. a lot more artists dressing up as women, and like it's being normalized. Yeah. Like I mean, if you're a cross dresser, I mean that's cool. That's that's what. You or Bad do. Bunny, remember the Bad Bunny? Yeah, Bad Bunny too. Like not only them, but like it's becoming normalized. Yeah. And I feel like they're emasculating men, especially black men. But that's, I mean, that's just my opinion. I think yeah. black men are being emasculated even more. Yeah. And I think it's that cultural influence is having an effect on men as well too. So mm. yeah, what, what kind of effect do you think is showing on men, for example? Like when you say that, like what effect, like their personal experiences or have you, I mean, it's an observation you're saying. No, just, I mean, just what you see in the culture, bro. Like, I don't know. It's. I hate to. I, we shouldn't really like define what a man and a woman is. Like that's yeah. that's up in the air. But I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. I think there's like more of a push. Like lines are getting blurred a little too much, and I think it's like confusing confusing a lot of people at the same time. Yeah. When it comes to that, I don't know. What do you guys think? And I, and I believe um, porn, uh, pornography. No, like, why do you think uh, women are not being approached as much? Um, I just believe that, like. Men are not stepping up to the plate. Um, men are focusing on their own like things, and they're not really like going up to women because if they're just, I just they're not just they're not focused on what they want. They they don't know what they want as much as they know with women. They don't know what they want, and I think I think I think it's, I think it's both. Like, yeah, it's both I think it's vice. I don't think person, people know right? what they want. No, no yeah, because yeah. yeah. if you knew what you want, you wouldn't be that whole. Exactly. Yep. In my opinion, yeah. people are more focused about their career and all this other stuff now more than ever. I yeah. mean, what is people are not having babies like they used to in America? <laughs> yeah, right? no, there's just so many distractions too on top of that uh, with uh, social media, with traveling, with doing everything. It's just they're just not as focused about making that one woman a priority. They want to experience life too, and it's just not they're not putting women as a priority, and men are and vice versa. Women are not putting men as priority. Yeah, monogamy is like changing from like to polygamy yeah mon monogamy yeah. is changing from like one person for life to one person at a time like, yeah it's really changing yeah. exactly just choose you lover for the moment kind yeah of. yeah you think you think it's because the society we live in since we're in a country that's mostly individual uh, individualistic mm -hmm. and more self-centered you think that's kind of why 100 because our environment shapes us. If you go yeah. to a religious country, they're not facing these problems severely. Like in Africa, since they're Africa, because where I grew up, bro, there was no even concept of porn or love. Right? It, it just that's the last in their priorities. You know, like there's so many things yeah, before that. Yeah, we have so many distractions. Yeah, even within the depth of vulnerable conversations, you won't even find these conversations. Mm -hmm. Only in the society, because just because by the music we watch, the TV. And just kind of the tension we it tracks. That's what happens. I feel like. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So the so, environment yeah. has to hundred percent. So, so I think we all agree that it, like stuff like with porn and stuff kind of happens more to an individualistic society versus than a collectivist society. Uh, I don't know. The way I would label it is, in my opinion, I wouldn't say individualistic society. More like less religious. I would say mm. probably. Mm. 
because most religious countries they don't really suffer with porn, right? Like as much as they do. Yeah, as much as they do here. Yeah, yeah. And porn here is very, very like it's more frowned upon. Yes, other in the religious society. Exactly. So that's what I would say. Uh, no, we were just I was going into that how uh, how porn really affects uh, mm. a country or a person. We were just talked about how porn affects like work ethic in a in a way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, like you know, porn affects uh, everyone from a CEO to a normal person that you see walking <laughs> around. It has no discrimination, black, white, mm. uh, Asian, or any Middle Eastern, any kind of culture. Porn can affect you and then affect you in a way where not only mentally but in the way you work and the way you act and the way you treat your family. Uh, I think it really decreases your work ethic because it makes uh, that dopamine effect for that moment. You think that has satisfied it satisfied it has satisfied you uh, for you know that for a certain amount of time, but it's only for that moment, and it's just not going to continue to keep growing and cannot continue to keep. Uh, it's not going to grow. You know, point is just a one-time thing. It's a click of a button. How you feel really high for half a second and then low for a continuous amount of time for an unendless. Amount of time is very like observant, you know, that you, you kind of feel that it has no really benefit to you, but it does affect your work ethic in a point where it can just really hurt you. Yeah, it's basically doing like cocaine, bro. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like a visual cocaine. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Know? It's like you get a, a big, big, big rush of just dopamine. We got that. We're like the generation of dopamine chasers. That's what we've become. Oh, I know. Dopamine. And it's like, Definitely. it's like this term called uh, dopamine flooding and like, yeah. You know, I mean, dopamine is meant to be intermittently, like, spread out throughout your day. You know, you exactly. go, you have conversations with your friends, you go, I don't know, pick up food, you grab coffee with somebody, you talk to your parents. Those are short bursts of dopamine we're supposed to have throughout the day. But what porn does is it floods your brain with dopamine. So what it tells your brain is you're good for the day. You don't need to socialize. You don't need to meet other women. You don't need sure. to talk to your parents. And, like, I mean, my just me personally speaking, mm -hmm. after, you know, just watching porn or masturbating or whatever i never feel great like if anybody ever says like oh i feel that was amazing i can't wait i, to, I need that i yeah. can't wait to take on the day now it's like yeah. they're lying to you like nobody ever feels good after doing it and i mean those of you who are listening that are struggling with the same thing like nobody ever feels good after <laughs> doing it but like dawid said you're literally programming your subconscious mind to go to porn every single time to get that dopamine fix just like the cocaine and plus like if you're lonely you're gonna watch porn and if you're emotionally starving, you're going to watch porn. Because mm. if you're emotionally satisfied, you wouldn't need something like that to fill your needs. And I feel like even speaking on society, because we're such a futuristic society, we're very anxious. Mm -hmm. So for the present moment, we want to do the least amount of effort and get the most amount of results. So yeah. what fastest way than to watch porn instead of taking time to build something and build something long-lasting and building your foundation on something more concrete and something that can lead to, you know, to a marriage you know, children. And even even with marriage and relationships, though, there's so many uh, people that are addicted to porn. Yeah. So that just proves that there's a lot of people that are committed and lonely. And just because you get in a relationship doesn't mean the porn, uh, porn addiction that just completely exactly. vanishes. It's always it's going to be there, uh, whether you like it or not. It's your choice to kind of work on that and kind of cut that off as you grow into your relationship. So let me ask you this. So so there's a good uh, visual illustration that I, that I heard this week of this artificial grass. And on this artificial grass, there was um, actually real plants. And um, the pastor Mel was talking about, even if you remove the petals off the plant, it's not going to prevent it from growing. It's still going to grow because there's still roots on this artificial grass. Mm, okay. So now, yeah, we can you know minimize music or create more platonic friendships or even within marriage stay away from that's only removing the petals what can we do to yank out that root mm -hmm. i feel like that's yeah. that's where our battle cry is and we're just thinking out loud and the root is usually unworthiness those feelings of like you're not enough for the world and yes. I, and a lot of people like i hear a lot of guys specifically say like unless i conquer this like um like when i'm ready i'll get into a relationship and mm. i think that's, that's i think that's what they're talking about is conquering this feeling of unworthiness because even if you overcome your porn addiction yeah. that un feeling of unworthiness will manifest itself in other ways true you go to the strip club you'll go to prostitutes you there's other ways to fulfill that exactly. void in your heart that gap exactly yeah. so until you know that you're enough and that you're created in god's image i mean yeah. you're, you're going to constantly be chasing that no matter how many relationships you get into i agree i agree yeah. I, feel, I, I agree i feel like accountability 
is definitely a key throughout that whole process. I mm. think having talks like this is important. Being able to have, you know, some people that can keep you accountable, keep definitely. each other accountable, yeah. you know, because, you know, community keeps the character in check. You feel me? Mm. So I feel like when you have somebody that's keeping you accountable, making sure you're not, you know, having the temptations and anytime you have a an urge, you can just quit, you know, call up a homie like, hey, man, you know, we should talk, you know? Yeah, and with that, uh, I think it's time for like us guys as we continue, us guys as we continue to just um, talk about our problems, you know, mm, um, yeah. be vulnerable, we, like with accountability, with and people we trust, though, with people we trust, yeah, 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 yeah with people we trust, and um, just talking about you know w- women, they are so open with each other. Um, Ex- I was just gonna say women, they're too. so open with each other, how they conversate, they communicate. This person did this to me. This is how I'm feeling, man. Blah blah blah. Like you know, like blase blase. Like this is how they feel at the moment, and they get. And you just have that psychology. When you talk about it, you just release out in the open, and you just feel better about it. Us men, I feel like we've gotten better for sure. We gotten better. It's this generation, we're more open, open, open minded. We want to talk about things we have with each other, and I believe that's so useful for us uh, to just continuously tell each other, like, what are you struggling with, bro? Like this week, mm-hmm. like what you know. How is uh you, you know how was the situation happen at school? Like, what are you struggling with this girl? Or like, how are you having these problems? Those problems, those things really make a difference to kind of release that. You kind of get that um, that kind of like fresh of breath there. Like, I can talk about this with these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one going through this, which is huge because you're not. There's billions of billions of men who are going through these things, and that kind of like releases a point where you're just free in your mind mm-hmm. and just like you know to have that kind of safe space. And uh, that gets you stronger in a way. Like you don't need pornography. These these conversations can help you to kind of let that down. And I personally, the more conversations I have about pornography, the less I have the uh, um, the urge to do it because I feel like if I do it, I don't want to let down my boys. Or I don't want to let down my friends. Of I don't want to make this happen happen and be a habit. And uh, good idea. Sorry. And I think as guys, we have no problem talking about sex, but we have, like, we become no crippled problem. and paralyzed when it comes to talking about the problems we deal with with sex. That's exactly. That's yeah. the biggest problem. Like, I can go to my my boys and just be like, oh, yeah, I slept with this lady last night or whatever, whatever. And then the guys are going to hype you up. But you, you can never feel comfortable going to your boys and being like, yo, look, like, I'm struggling with porn or, like, I'm struggling with just sleeping with random women. Yeah. And I think that atmosphere creates this problem that we're seeing of just... I don't know whether whether you want to, I hate the word toxic masculinity, but yeah, like men that are just using women to like fulfill their sexual desires. Like it stems from not having accountability and not being able to be vulnerable with their guys. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I feel like when you watch porn and like, or you see with women or, or vice versa, you're just validating your insecurity and you're just putting a bandaid on the problem, but it's still, it's still not going to heal. I feel like, mm-hmm. and the only way to heal personally is just to look within and just love yourself and if you love yourself you'll have standards and the more you love yourself the standards will outburst your love for life i have a question for that how can a person continuously learn to love himself by failing Hmm. because only if you fail you learn something by yourself Hmm. and the more you challenge the more you grow um i don't know there's so many like illustrations i can demonstrate right now but the one that comes to my mind is like Thomas Edison, it took him 10,000 tries to find, uh, to find the light bulb, quote-unquote, you know? Mm-hmm. And even Starbucks, they went through 512 uh, business propositions before they won Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So I feel like failure, and if you're scared to fail, then you already lost the battle because you're already comfortable. Mm-hmm. And going with that with, with ego, there's ego with men. Then, uh, 100%. And, 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 oh, yeah. Failing, um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's uh, – I really salute the men who who are okay with start with humble beginnings and small and, and failing continuously uh, because definitely. they they want to learn how to get better and the ones who never change are the ones who are always stubborn and don't want to don't want to expose that they're they have problems exactly and that can really hurt you like that can seem awesome at the moment oh he's strong he's mentally strong he can do all that but um, it doesn't continuously help you because you know that you have a glaring problem mm-hmm. it's like you having a, t- a flat tire. You're knowing that, but you're still driving. Like you know that it's gonna pop out eventually, uh-huh. but you keep putting a band, like a literally figurative bandit on it, and saying that it's gonna keep continue driving. But you're driving on a flat tire. It's not a good foundation. Mm-hmm. Also, not on a good foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't let your uh, 
can't let your failures, your past failures, uh, define you. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You can't be. You can't allow it to define you. You got to be able to obviously talk about it, put it into the light, and see what you can do to 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 build yourself from it instead of allowing it to kind of scar you and define you. Exactly. Because it's gonna come one day, one of these days. You're gonna have to face your 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 demons, and I feel like the earlier you face it, the better it is. And speaking of that, bro, I feel like the devil knows you by your sin. Yes. But God knows you by your name. Yeah. So no matter how much you've lost in the past or had quote unquote failed relationships or whatever the case is, I feel like if you let the past control your future, you're gonna be in the stuck, you know, just kind of being in maintenance mode. Yeah. And you'll never leave that garage. Eventually you'll have to <laughs> turn on that key and drive. Cause yeah. the mechanic is, you know, already fixed the car. And I feel like yeah. if you're just in the garage, you might think like, you know. I don't need to leave anywhere. This is where I'm destined to be. Because the same place where it was fixed is not the same destination. Mm. That's so true. The enemy specializes <laughs> in converting your conviction into condemnation, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Conviction's a good thing. It's yeah. that thing that keeps us in check. It's like, yo, you know you shouldn't be doing this. Exactly. But it's a momentary thing. It's, it happens right before or after you commit that sin or whatever you, you mess up. But then if that continues on throughout your week, you're still thinking about the same mistake that you made, then that's turned into condemnation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how the enemy turns a propeller into an anchor. Exactly. So I think it's very important for us to to acknowledge the mistakes that we've made in life. Don't be oblivious to them, obviously, but also don't <laughs> be defined by them at the same time. Exactly. Another thing I wanted to like hit on is like how uh, not only pornography, but uh, things that you do that... Um, are negatively affecting you, including pornography, like how has it had a negative effect on your personal life, whether that be relationships, friends, mm-hmm. uh, the way you act around people, like what have you guys felt during that kind of times? Yeah, I think for me, I think um, it, I mean, obviously it has a negative impact. Like, mm-hmm. you know, after, you, especially after you do it, you just don't want to see anybody. You don't want to be in <laughs> communication with anybody. You just want to just be in your room. You just kind of just want to not, you just want to kind of just forget everything and just stay within yourself, kind of like and staying like in your own little black hole. Yes, and it definitely affects you know relationships because I feel like right after you do it and you go talk to somebody or hang out with people, you kind of have a feeling that people know you did it, <laughs> even though you they don't know it. But That's true. you just kind of have a feeling like they know that you did it. Then you just kind of feel weird. Then you just That's kind of don't want to talk at all. And then you kind of yeah. just like people you can, it. you're overthinking it, and then you're just kind of to yourself. Then you, then you, then you feel everybody knows, but they don't want to say anything. So now you just your confidence, energy is all sucked up. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what we we're saying before. You're letting your past define you instead of like putting it into the light and, and trying to being better, be, try to be better from it. You know exactly. Yeah, and I think um, the way that affects people is first of all you most likely will not be getting into a relationship because you're going to be haunted by that, like that, those mistakes that you keep making. And if you do miraculously do get into a relationship, it's still going to affect you in the relationship because I mean, I've seen it personally, like when I was heavy into watching pornography and like masturbation and stuff, I carried that mindset into the relationship. And it was to the point where I was expecting sex at this mm, point. So that's that, a big one. It's one of the most, I don't know, it's, it's one of the worst things that you can do to yourself because then your girlfriend or your significant other becomes somebody that's just there to please you. The slave to your son. Yeah, literally. It's yeah. just like, oh, like <laughs> when I want to have sex, whenever I want to do something or whenever I need to be pleased, she should be there to do it for me. Exactly. And I think that's like a very toxic mentality very that toxic. a lot of a lot of us have. I can only speak for men. So no, yeah. and I think uh, I mean <laughs> we're all struggling with this. We all get be- we all want to get better, but I think that's unfair to bring that on your significant other. Yeah. Um, the 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 way you carry from like what you're doing, where that can, if you're continuously doing and not wanting to get better, and you bring that to a relationship, that can affect your relationship with that person 100%. so much that you consider them, you know, maybe a sex object. You consider them, um, you know, only for pleasure. You consider them like, you know, you kind of like them, but you want to, you know, have other agendas. That 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 that's what pornography can do to you. Um, you know, it does affect you in a way that not only through that, but in other relationships and aspects of life as in confidence of how you're trying to, um, you know, treat your situation. When you, I remember there's a thing called uh, 
shout out to Reddit NoFap. Um, hey. it's, it's a it's a oh it's a, about yeah. yeah it's a community of redditors. Um, you know, over three hundred thousand people of men who've had pornography issues, of porn issues, and what they do is they every day multiple hundreds of hundreds of messages and pictures of motivation for you to not watch porn. Say, kind of validating that this is not it. It's not the move. Uh, men have experienced complete change while not watching porn to have 30 day, 60, 90 day, 120, 180, 360 day challenges for you to not watch porn. And mm -hmm. people have seen the difference of from day one to day 90, from day 90 to day 180 of just complete change mentally of every psychologist that you used to have. How you, it went from guys talking about they couldn't even talk to a girl the first when I was there watching porn to day 180 or 360, gotten in a relationship. Uh, started earning a you know high amounts in career. Started changing their life miraculously. Started a new career. Just crazy things because of the impacts of what porn has. It slowed them down to a point where they couldn't even really have a conversation with God. Now they're about to be married, or now they're making leaps and boundaries of how to be, uh, how to just change their life. And um, it just really affects you to a point where, you know, the more you the more you practice discipline. Uh, you'll build discipline in other ways, whether that be you know, whether that be in food, whether that be in the gym. Uh, pornography kind of like takes that away. You watch pornography, you do that, you just feel like, oh, I don't need to do these things. Therefore, you just continuously go in that cycle of not working hard. But uh, when you carry that kind of mentality of I want to make this work, that I'm going to do this for discipline, it just changes you. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I like that, man. Um, kind of want to touch back to kind of what you were saying and Simone was saying. I think um, it's not it's not fair to kind of bring that unnecessary high expectation into a relationship while yeah. while you're struggling with porn. Definitely, because you're carrying a lot of baggage, a lot of emotional baggage, and a, and, a, and just a ton of unnecessary expectations. Because now, if you and your significant other are dating, and you you tell her like you know, hey, let's hang out, and she yeah. says, no, I don't, I can't hang out, I don't want to hang out today. Then what are you gonna do? You're gonna once you're once you're still having that porn addiction mm. carrying mm. into the relationship. If she doesn't want to hang out, then what are you gonna do? You're gonna go back to watching porn, definitely, because yep. that person on that video is always there twenty four seven. Yep. Yes. And also, even if you're like sleeping with your significant other, whatever porn you're watching, mm -hmm. you bring it to the bed. Yes. So you're not only having yeah. you know intercourse with your significant other, you're having all the people, all the girls yes. you're watching. So. You're having an orgy. You're pretty, yeah, yeah. You're pretty <laughs> much. You're right. pretty that's much. True. You're Which pretty. Scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you like, don't think like that. Yeah, right? that's true. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's so because like you're pretty much comparing your significant oh, yeah. other yeah. to the person to the countless women you saw in the videos. It's not fair. And you're comparing a realistic situation to a fantasy. Mm. Fantasy. Like fantasy. Uh, fantasy. Yeah. yeah. These are these are the ones. <laughs> paid this, disclaimer: paid These are actors that you see in these videos. That these are not real emotions. Um, these are actors, the way they interact. So whatever they're acting, that's not going to be real in relationships. It's not like that. They, there's no yeah. – these these scenes are just fab fabricated and, uh, like, they're fictionated. Like, they're not real. So what you can bring that to a point, and when you realize that's not working, you're like, why is it not working? You have to realize this is not a real thing. This is – fake. This is – You're going to be you're gonna be disappointed. You, you carrying all that high expectations to the relationship – you're gonna be disappointed hundred <laughs> percent. You're gonna be disappointed throughout the whole relationship. So that's yeah, yeah. That I, I that's why I'm always saying like you should never carry on your porn addiction and carry it into a relationship. You should fix that, handle that, and trying to build that and try to do what you can to minimize that and eliminate that. Then go into your relationship. Mm -hmm. Don't carry it on to the relationship. There's a quote I, uh, that I heard that stuck with me. It says, "If you don't." heal what cut you you're gonna bleed on the people who didn't hurt yeah, you i right? like that one and that's that, that hit me bro so good. so you don't want to bleed on your significant other mm. you know what i mean someone who you're emotionally investing and not just investing for the time period but for the potentially the rest of your life okay. and going well, back to uh yeah. sorry bro not don't mean to cut you off no i, I just want to lose it but back yeah. to what Amano was saying when uh, he's talking about how they're paid actors yeah there's so many documentaries and interviews of <laughs> yes. porn stars and former porn stars yes i've seen that and they talk about how they don't have intimate connections as much as people think they do when they're having sex like it's not as enjoyable as we think it is for them exactly. a lot of them talk about how most of the time it's actually painful for them but yeah. they have to kind of like suck it up and like act like they are enjoying it put on a mask yeah just for the so like area. it's not what you 
think it is. Anyways, even yeah. if you were thinking that. Even if that's what you if were that thinking. That was your yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, that's the biggest that's lie. That's the biggest lie they do, they do to us. Just that kind of acting, that kind of fabricating us, which is really affecting people. That's not how real life is, guys. Yeah. I mean, and not to mention, like, the psychological effects on it, it has on us, but even biologically, like, erectile dysfunction is a huge problem. Mm. 40% of 40-year-olds in America have erectile dysfunction. Wow. 70% of 70-year-olds in America have erectile <laughs> dysfunction. And back in, I think it was 2002, they did a study, and it was only 2% of men who had erectile dysfunction. Wow. So, I mean, it's a correlational study. There's so many things that factor into that, the food industry, pharmaceuticals, and all that as That's well. Big, but yeah. I think the implementation of porn hitting, like, the internet at, like, I think it was 2006 – that's when you start seeing a spike in erectile dysfunction as well too mm. so uh, there's just so many all three dimensions of yourself like forget your spirit your spirit is completely just 100%. destroyed by that but i mean even body and mind as well too yeah 115 million views per day mm-hmm. that's how much everybody, that's just pornhub too that's on pornhub <laughs> that's that and if and what was it 42 billion views in for 2019 yeah it's crazy man it's crazy (laughs) and what kind of time that you could have spent on other things but doing that and and it doesn't even help during this quarantine they're making it even worse by allowing the premium on warrior for free Free. so they're really trying to do their damage on quarantine (laughs) as much as they can like they're trying to kill a brother out here man they're They're making their money man making you shoot blanks literally exactly yeah, there's this. There's actually this funny quote. It's yeah. funny because they're like making fun of us because they're putting these jokes in our face. This is on the Pornhub website actually. Oh wow! And it says if you started watching 2019's new videos in 1850, you would still be watching them today. Mm. 1850. Yeah. Wow. That was. A- That's how many videos that they have. Really? That yeah. much content? Yeah. It's crazy, and like I've firsthand experienced like. Uh, I remember when I was working at Macy's, I've had this one guy who used to come in all the time. He always had like the nicest clothes, a, diff- a different girl with him all the time. Yeah. And uh, nice guy. He used to always tip me, like just like randomly give me money all the time too. So just one time I just asked him, I was like, hey man, like what do you do if you don't mind me asking? And he was like, I, I have my own business, like kind of like smiling and like looking <laughs> away. And I was like, oh, like what kind of business if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. Long story short, this guy is like a recruiter for sex. I mean, for porn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, like, the way he was describing it and laughing about it was, like, sick to me. Like, he was saying how he only gets paid if he's bringing in, like, the freshest, newest 18-year-old girls that are, like, willing to do porn. And he's offering them, like, to be honest, it's not that much money for what you're doing. Wow. I mean, I don't even want to get into the specifics yeah. of it. But, like, but the, based the, upon what you do is what you're getting paid for. And... I don't think no amount of money sh- would be worth like you doing something out of your own will. I mean, if you want to do it, like I, by all means, like go yeah. for it. Like if that's something that you want to do, go for it. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's a sick industry, sick and twisted industry Definitely. that is hurting a lot of families and a lot of individuals. And it's designed to destroy healthy relationships mm-hmm. and potentially like relations that can go to the next level. You're just putting a lid. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and even there's statistics about the divorce rate, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, you that? Oh. I was reading about as well too, like the divorce rate of men. What what is it right now? Yeah, I think uh, what is it? Divorce rates have doubled essentially. I mean, for men, it's went it's gone from five percent to ten percent. Yeah, and then for women, it's six percent to eighteen huh. percent. That's crazy. It's crazy. Like the porn, the porn industry, they make more than the NFL. They really? make more than the, than Major League Baseball. Yeah, they they oh, make yeah. more than the oh, wow. than the NBA. That's that's <laughs> crazy, man. They make more than those guys. And I thought those guys were making dope. Yeah, Porno is just like shattering numbers. So Tom Brady of porn is making, or she's making, trying like, more than him. <laughs> I mean, he's taking. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even compare. He's taking pay cuts, man. So yeah, he don't even compare salary wise with some of the Damn. porn stars. To be honest, that's wild. It's so crazy. I mean. Going off of this, do you guys think porn should be illegal? Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's pro. I feel like there's pros and cons to that. I mean, for me, coming from a guy who believes in Christ, Christ Amen. follower, Amen. it should definitely be banned. I for mean, sure. I've seen the damages done, so an easy, it's an easy yes, it should be banned. But there's pros and cons because I feel like if you make porn illegal and you ban it, then that means you gotta kind of have to ban strip clubs 
you have mm-hmm. to ban yeah. prostitution. Mm-hmm. Any kind of outlet. Then, where... you, then you got to keep. It's like a domino effect. Then you got to get. Then you got to eliminate this. Then you got to eliminate that. And porn, porn is uh, porn is actually like protected by the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's kind of it would be kind of tough to try to make yeah. it illegal. Yeah. But which, 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 I mean, I mean, oh. then I mean, then you're going into the lines of like yeah. legality versus morality, yeah. and I mean, just because something is morally wrong doesn't mean that it needs to be illegal but it's crazy yeah yeah i, I don't know that's, it's a tough one yeah. but i mean at the same time too like those feelings of unworthiness that we we're talking about will yeah. manifest themselves in other ways in other outlets too yeah there's gonna be new epidemics exactly so like you were saying i think it's better to tackle the root of the problem that's going on 100%. than removing petals exactly yes even I, though yeah. it's a big petal <laughs> This, yeah. this is kind of this is kind of like a, a a way off topic comparison, but it's kind of like how it's kind of like how like a country eliminates terrorists mm. just because you take one terrorist group out. There's gonna be another group. You, that's you don't think on. you don't think there's gonna be another one forming yeah, up? So it's kind of so is it kind so is that kind of the same way with porn? If ideology, you take away porn, there's gonna be some yeah. sort of sim- similarity to porn that will come up again. I, I feel like we can't. I can't. I can't say we'll take out porn. I don't think we're make it illegal or banned. Because in any society, there's always going to be collective unconscious, and there's always going to be a demographic for anything. Even mm-hmm. today, there's still like white supremacists, yeah, even in twenty first century, right? Yeah, they'll always be there. Too. So no matter. So I think the more we speak about the lack of productivity of watching porn and what it's created, it's created nothing but empty people at the end of the day. I think we should create more solutions. Maybe, you know. That, that can counter all those stuff. The one thing that I'm really scared about is the accessibility of porn. Mm. It's <laughs> way it's, too accessible. Yeah. You know, uh, it's accessible for so many people, yeah. including young children, mm. which I know that when I had an effect on it, I, I was about 13 years old, mm-hmm. um, that it did have an effect on me to a vast like feeling. And it, it feels worse if you had it as when you were younger, 10, 9, 8, mm-hmm. 9, 10, around that age, because the earlier you're exposed to it, like the uh, <laughs> the, the the more the more you the more powerful it is to you and the more control it has for you. Definitely. Um it's just so accessible and I just we're like how can we make this less less uh you know accessible for those who are young and for those you know who don't need that and it can really mess up your mind. Uh, as you get older you have more you know you have more uh, data you have more things to kind of see that that it's you know that it's bad for you you can say no but you don't know better when you're younger your friends mm-hmm. are watching it you True. want you want to watch it. You want to just do the, what's taboo, and uh, it's just very scary. And now it's accessible on our not. You know, it used to be back in the day. It used to be that one desktop computer in the living room that everyone. <laughs> 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 Wait, well, your dad has a passcode. Well, your dad has a passcode. You can use. You couldn't do nothing. It was with the modem. Yeah. It was just a family computer. It was too slow for you to watch one video, anyway. So. Exactly. And <laughs> open tabs. Her people used to watch. You know, used to, it takes pep. Five minutes to upload one picture on Google back in the yeah, day, but, but literally, you know, and then now to having it on on your fingertips and it's five G with the five G, five G towers. It's it's in seconds with on uh, with Instagram promoting it with you know yeah. Twitter having that, and it's just really kind of unique. What what can we do to stop that for younger people? You know, like you know, I mean, with with all that being said, though, the consumer drives the market. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at the dairy industry, like mm. they're dumping so much wasted milk because people are not drinking milk like they used to. Mm. So I think, like you guys are saying, if we have more of these conversations exactly. and spread consciousness onto this topic, that's including the church. Mm. Yes. Um, we have, like, just like I was talking about earlier, we have no problem talking about church. Even I mean, sex even in church. Yeah. But when the church talks about sex, it's always don't have it. So it creates this forbidden fruit effect. And then naturally as humans, anything that's forbidden, what will happen? Exactly. We become curious. Yeah. Anything that's not acknowledged is going to continue to grow. Um, exactly. Keep pushing it into the shadow and it's going to continue dictating your subconscious life. 100%. And I want to say something, a really important <laughs> point that really came to my mind. If we had yourself in the future <laughs> going back to you when you're 13, telling you how bad porn is, wouldn't that affect you in a point where – well, at least like I am not going to, you know, I, I know the effects of it and I know what it does for me. We need to talk about this with our younger kids about pornography and what you can do to them because they have no idea. We have conversations about every other thing except pornography. Mm-hmm. If it's not talked about, if you don't learn it from a person who's gone through it or a person who's struggling to it, you're going to learn it from your friends. Mm-hmm. With no, there's no, there's going to be, the education is going to be uh, 
it's not going to be valid. The education is not going to be useful. And you're not learning it from people who, who have gone through it, who have experienced it, who could help you get through it. But you're, uh, you're self-educating yourself into poison, which will uh, naturally rot you out. Uh, we need to just educate those who are younger. We need to make it more of a safe space to, to conversate about these things because it can really affect you if you don't have the right mentorship of the right people. Because you yeah. know those people who people who are who are successful and great where they are have had mentorship when they were younger. 100%. Mo- most of them. If you, if you have not, you've actually adopted a mentorship and adopted an ideology, adopted a pastor, adopted something like that. But if you had not, if you don't have that kind of mentorship or any kind of that, you most likely will lose by your own ideology because you don't have the information mm. to, get you, to get you where you want to be. You really need that mentor in some way. Uh, with business, you go to school with, uh, with, you know, with basketball, you get a coach, with any mm-hmm. other thing you get mentorship to help you out. So you need mentorship to kind of help you in this kind of capacity. Cause if you can't teach yourself, uh, if you, if, if you could don't, if you, if you teach yourself, you'll be in the poison of what you know, and you don't know much about this. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really important, like for us to grab, grab this problem by the horns for say, like yeah. we need to teach the youth and like talk about these things because if we don't directly do it as older brothers, older sisters, pastors, parents, if we don't do this now, then the world is going to teach them that lesson and mm. it's going to be much harder for them to learn. Mm. I think it's much better for us to, instead of preventing the youth from getting hurt, I think it's better for us to prepare them for when they do get hurt, how they can bounce back. Because mm. you cannot avoid pain. It's inevitable. You cannot avoid those feelings of unworthiness. Like they're going to come, but I think it's important for us to teach resilience mm. you know so like if you do fall which you are you are going to fall in life like exactly. i think it's more important for us to teach them how to get back up but not focus too much on like helicopter parenting and like oh make sure you don't go talk to this many people like don't do this yeah. like that's just going to cause a, dr- a drastic effect in the other direction so yeah you're speaking fast right now man because like it, it just got me reminiscing like me man too. if only i had somebody that could have stopped me from watching porn like now, I mean, I, I'm having people tell me now, but it's like kind of the damage already been done. So it's, it's even tougher to get out of it now. Like I, it would have been easier if somebody would have told me yeah. when I was younger because I would have been curious. But then if somebody would have came in and swooping, just kind of, you know, explained to me the damages that it could do, <laughs> then I would I would probably be more scared of doing it or even watch it. You understand. Yeah. You know, at you, a younger you, age, you know, you know, if you know how bad fire is, you yeah. won't touch it because you know you're going to get burned. Exactly. But if you never knew that you're going to get burned as soon as you touch it and the yeah. damage is already too far to be done. Yeah. Huh? That makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. We shouldn't rely on fear to be the teacher. Yeah. We always, because for fear, I feel like we're just, that's like passive parenting. Like we're just <laughs> waiting for the thing to happen or yeah. like, do you know, just instilling fear into our kid's head and, I think fear is just going to drive you in the wrong direction. So I think it's better to build consciousness. And that comes with everything, with social media, with everything. Like, I, for us growing up, I mean, we're getting closer to the stages of being parents pretty soon, you know. Soon, yeah. So I think it's important for us to – we can't really necessarily blame our parents because they didn't yeah. have to deal with like a quarter of this bullshit when no they way. were growing up. But for us, since we're in the technology phase or whatever, I think it's important for us to understand these things and teach our kids before – to go out into the real world yes exactly. and not only like make them afraid of these things but let them know like yo pornography does exist exactly. yo like sex before marriage does exist and chances are you might partake in that exactly but if you are going to do that like blah 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 make sure you practice safe sex there are scds that are out there you know just talking to them about those things Definitely. rather than from a restrictive standpoint at, at what age at what age like i feel like we're all going to be fathers in the future at what age yeah. do you deem appropriate to tell your son or your daughter That's a good question. about porn or introduce them about porn so they don't get into it. By what age do you deem it's appropriate? I would say as soon as they get a phone. So 10? Yeah. 9? No, I wouldn't give my kids a phone at 10, to be honest. I'll probably give it to them once like they get into high school. Because yeah. most kids are getting phones like yeah. early. Yeah, I'm, not early. early. I'm not trying to do that, man. I'm not against that. Their brains haven't developed. I yeah. mean, it's so it's so crucial what's like being programmed into their subconscious mind at that age. So at least high school, man. Uh high school. There's yeah. some there's there's for the phone. For the phone. There's uh you guys uh, kids nowadays, you guys has have been are exposed to so many things more than us as we were younger. Yeah. And nowadays like my nephew, he's five years old, uh, he's five years old, like the ads on YouTube. Yeah. The ads itself that's are true. crazy. That's right? true. crazy, right? For that's a four years old nephew. Right? Yeah, it's the ad, like the on kids on kids shows, like mm-hmm. the ads itself are like crazy. And it's like 
and they're exposed to it so much younger than us. You know, we used to, we don't have all these internet. So when we were maybe getting older, we saw movies like that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, through Instagram, through social media, I see kids who are doing some crazy stuff, rapping like these rappers, you know, these girls acting like these, acting like these people. And um, I believe, you know, the earlier it is, the better. Not too early. Like, uh, middle, like middle school? Not middle school. Not, middle I think school. not even middle school. I think early, elementary. I think elementary? I think end of elementary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fifth I'm talking grade. about yeah. sixth, fifth, sixth I grade. believe that. Because yeah. you think about it, as we get older, too. Your brain's uh, maturing. As we get older, too, like, we're going to have situations where they get exposed more, more than us. Exactly. Through YouTube, through social media. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, who would ever thought that TikTok, you know, like, kids are using TikTok like no other nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> It really is it's like shout out to Vine though. <laughs> shout out to Vine. Yeah. Vine was the original. Vine TikTok was the original TikTok. Hey, yeah, hey, everyone, All right, brothers. I mean, I'm sorry to cut you guys off. We can talk about this forever, to be honest. So, um, I I kind of just want to throw this in there. We're not speaking from a position where we've conquered lust. We've conquered no all this stuff. Like all four of us still struggle with that, and yep. probably will continue to struggle with that. But we hold each other accountable. We sh- we get vulnerable with each other. We have no problem talking about this stuff. But we kind of just wanted to share some of the conversations that we have amongst each other. And uh, feel free to reach out to any one of us, whether it's Instagram or anything. And if you're struggling with this, we're all in this together. So till next time. Awesome. Thanks Peace. for listening. Deuces. Peace and love. Peace Ciao. Deuces.